next episode of the Powerless Podcast. In this episode, I talked to Barry Shelton, who is the lead singer of the band Sister Sleep from Atlanta, Georgia. We talked right after Barry and their band had played um, the Woodland Creatures tour with two other alumni of the show, um, both Pulses and with Sales Ahead. It was absolutely fantastic conversation. We talk about their latest song, The Arsonist. We talk about the start of the band, start of Barry's kind of trajectory in music, some of the things that are important to them when it comes to writing music, inspirations, um, upcoming shows that they're doing, which is really cool. One show that we talk about in particular is the upcoming show they're playing with Alisana. So make sure to check that out on their socials. Um, it was just really great to talk to Barry. I'm, I'm really glad I got to pick their brain and kind of got in contact with them through seeing them play with uh, Pulses and be on that, that show. So all in all, it was a great conversation. I want to thank Barry again for coming on and taking their time to, uh, to do this because I thought it was an absolute blast. Uh, before we get into the episode, just make sure to follow the podcast on all social media, uh, The Powerless Pod. We're on Threads now, which is a thing, I guess. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, although I don't really use the Facebook, you can follow there, uh, and TikTok as well. Um, make sure to reach out to me through email at thepowerlesspod at gmail.com. Um, and I just really hope you guys enjoy the episode with uh, Barry Shelton from Sister Sleep. Before we get into the episode, I'm going to plug this band that I've been plugging for the last several episodes, Whole Heart, a metal band from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Make sure to check out their latest EP from 2022, Dreams That Die With You. It's my favorite EP from last year. Uh, the first guest on the show, Alec Hawkins, is the guitarist of that band. He's also the editor for a lot of these episodes, so shout out to Alec. I just really think people should check this band out, especially if you're into heavier music, like a lot of the bands that have been on here, whether it is Sister Sleep or Pulses with Sails Ahead, Silent Planet, um, all these different bands that have been on in the past uh, couple months. Just make sure to check out Whole Heart. We're going to plug a little bit of a song clip right here before... The, the episode starts and then we'll get into the uh the conversation with barry shelton from sister sleep This should be the 24th episode. I should stop saying the numbers when I'm recording these because I'm always wrong. Of the Powerless Podcast with uh, Barry from Sister Sleep, uh, vocalist of the band from uh, Georgia, right? I got, I got yeah. The, okay. Yeah, we're from, yeah, from Atlanta, yeah. Atlanta. All right. I just wanted to make sure I got through because I, I knew from the Pulses tour and that's how we kind of got in contact, but I, I right. can be way off sometimes. No, so, uh, right. <laughs> first of all, uh, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, the show with Pulses and with Sells Ahead was last night, and it was absolutely amazing. So I'm just kind of recuperating after that. But yeah, it's just been chill. I'm feeling good. So Awesome. Yeah, I saw that it was last night. So I thought, you know, it worked out that today was a great day to talk because I kind of got in contact with you through through Matt. Um, he's, he's gotten me like three people on the podcast. I owe him money or something nice. at this point now. Matt, but um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's great to have you on. I was I was excited yeah. to get in contact with you and check out the band and check out a little bit about what you all are are about and where everything started. Um, I, I looked and it, you know, from listening through the discography, along with kind of looking at what you stated, at least in your Spotify bio yeah. and a few different things I looked at that, you know, you've had some influences from bands, you know, uh, ranging from My Chemical Romance, Taking Back Sunday, AFI, The Used. Um, I especially hear uh, the influence of The Used in your voice a lot in the oh, songs. Um, definitely yeah. not like a knockoff or anything, but like a no, delivery, right. you know, kind of the 
the in a good way, like the dramatic delivery that Burt does a lot in their music. You can really hear that in the songs. Um, right, right. Def, definitely like a big, you know, more modern twist on it. That's very uniquely your own. Um, well, thank you. We'll, we'll, we'll get into the start of the band and everything else. But first, I wanted to talk about you guys put out a song June 2nd, The Arsonist. Um, you and I yes. talked a little bit about it through messages you know you you say it's your heaviest song i would i would say that's probably pretty accurate um what what can you tell me about um about the song what the lyrical inspiration is um and uh and kind of what the reception's been from it uh yeah okay so um yeah as we said it's definitely our heaviest song yet it's definitely playing around with sounds that we um are wanting to like I won't say shift towards because we like being able to be a band that can kind of do what we want. We want to keep people guessing and sort of have everything for everybody because we have influences all over the map. Um, but yeah, this song clearly is, is very angry, uh, very like angsty, <laughs> what have you. But it's mostly written about people using their platform to promote and push hatred as a narrative i guess and to like twist the narrative to in their own favor and stuff like that which it can mean a lot of things it definitely has like a double like there's there's the personal thing of like people manipulating situations and trying to turn everyone against you or whatever but also there's the other side to it which is uh very cult-like religious um you know, like like people, like these groups pushing this hateful narrative, especially like on the right, and like it's about that in a, in a way. Like, so it, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that it sort of flirts with in that. But it's something I was like really passionate about, and something I've been like really it's been on my mind a lot lately. So that, that's where that came from. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, unfortunately, it's going to be a song. I think that. Uh you know, lyrically in that direction you're talking about, whether in a personal way or like you said, more in a societal um, yeah. fashion uh, is going to be a bit timeless. I think at least for, for quite a while. Right. And it, and it certainly which is, is looking back. Right. Yes. 100%, which is like a bittersweet thing. Cause obviously like, it's great to have a song that like will always resonate, but it's unfortunate that it even has to, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Cause I, I always tell people like, with writing music and stuff like that catharsis and connecting to people, I'll have people tell me how much like a song meant to them or like they relate to something. And I think that's really cool. And I love that. And I love that about music, but it's also like, I'm so sorry that you understand, <laughs> you know? Right, so it's a, right. sort of, yeah. Well, well, it's, it's definitely, you know, um, not just cause I'm wearing the shirt, but you know, one of my favorite bands is, is, is silent planet. And, nice. and you know, they yeah. talk a lot about social issues and a lot about all these different things. And, and sometimes, you know, I'll listen to a song from them that they put out over a decade ago, and it's like, man, that actually resonates more now, and it sucks that it does. It means it's a great song, but yes, unfortunately, yes. you you wish it didn't make sense today, right? Like, but that's exactly. just how it goes. So, but you know, aside, yeah, uh, yeah uh, uh, but but it's a great thing to make music like that. Obviously, that's where a lot of the space of alternative music, heavy music, um, at least the bands that I like to enjoy the lyrics from, um you know, it really does come from that place, right? Of both connectivity right. and also angst, right? And anger about things that you think are, are, um, are not the way they should be. So, uh, definitely yes. a great song. Um, I, I have, it was a, it was a good first one for me to listen to and then go back and also love the rest of the catalog. So it was, it was right, the best right. of both worlds kind of deal there. Um, nice. I appreciate that. And yeah, absolutely. And, and so, you know, you, you bring up that that song's kind of, you know, like you said, can kind of have a double meaning of both a personal message and a you know 
at-large message as well. Um, just from your own bio, this is something I was going to get into later on, but we can get into it right now because obviously it even pertains to this newest song we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um, put in here uh, in your biography, I was able to find that you put um, – all I want to do is pro, uh, provide representation for people like myself, whether it's empowering the LGBTQ plus community or embracing body, body positivity. We use this band as a vehicle to connect with as many people as possible. That's a beautiful thing to do for all of us, right? Um, right. So, so you know, that's that's clearly a message in general you want to put out there with with the band. Um, is that is that something? with some of these other songs that we can get into individually from your EP release, or I know you had one other single in between the EP release and, um, and the arsonist. Is that something that you kind of continually write about in different, in different ways or from different perspectives in some of these songs? Is it something you just kind of want to do as far as being a band in a live space or, or what's the kind of uh, message? Cause I mean, it's a great message. Right. right. Uh, thank you. Um, yeah. It, it's a little of both for sure. Um, because pertaining to like songs we currently have out, like Give Up the Ghost is very much, you know, there's two sides to the story. Because on one hand, it's like a vampire analogy, but on the other, it's about coming out as queer. Um, it's very much both. And I sort of like mash them together and I use like the symbolism to play off each other. But that's like an example of how, because I've really started to take a turn and like, I don't want all my music to like be um, about like one thing. But I think inherently right. because I am um, a non-binary person and I am a queer person and I very much wear that on my sleeve, it's just going to happen, I right. think. Um, but I think that's really important because it's not something you get very often. And representation is very important. So anytime like an artist or a band talks about these things or sings about these things or whatever, it, it always resonated with me. And it continues to do so. And it's really cool right. that like we, we, we seem to be seeing more and more artists doing that and letting, and there's like a spotlight on them now. And it's not some like, like secret. Cause I, I think for like decades, that was kind of a thing. It was like, you'd have artists and musicians that would never talk about their sexuality or like they felt like they couldn't. And there was a whole like, you know, they, they would not come out for decades because it was, you know, for fear of being ridiculed um, and understandably so. And right now, and, and now it's, we're at like an unfortunate point where like, I, I believe, I like to believe, and I hope I'm right, more people than not are accepting and see like the LGBTQ community as like a normal thing. And is like, a, you know, a, but the issue there is that the people, the vocal minority of people who are against that and who are hateful and like preach this toxic bullshit are so loud at the same time, you right. know? So it's always like putting myself out there and like the band, like we, we can't, we, we made it a point that like, we're not a band that's, you know, we're not like, we're not Rage Against the Machine. We're not System of a Down. We're not like a political band that like every song we do is going to be like a soapbox kind of thing. I think that's great. It's just not what we're doing. But right. at the same time, yes, there are songs that will definitely do that. And there are definitely things that we'll say. Like, we wear we our beliefs on our sleeve, for sure. Absolutely. And it's just, you know, like you said, you know, yourself being a member of the LGBTQ plus community, being yeah. queer, non-binary. I mean, it would be crazy for somebody to think that, you know, just like every other band writes about their own personal things. Like, how many times, you know, referencing yeah. My Chemical Romance or The Use or right. whoever, like, write about 
relationships and girls or whatever else, right? It's the same, it's, you know, you're just writing about yourself and writing about your perspective. So it makes a lot of sense. Exactly. Obviously, you know, right. Like not every band needs to be a overtly political, you know, like you said, standing there with a the bullhorn. I love those bands, but that's not same, what you always have to be, right? Um, yeah, it's, it's a... It's a weird line to walk because it's like, it's, it's like, like I said, I, I very much want to let it known, let it be known where we stand, and I like connecting with people and educating people, and like I love that. It's great. I don't want it to be all I'm doing because, like, just as much, I love writing stuff about, you know, I love talking about like writing about mental health. I love writing about, you know, anything like anything that's like like referencing like a favorite movie or like a piece of literature or anything like that. So I love expanding that and just kind of putting a twist on it from my own perspective. And then, yeah, I just sort of, I sort of like try to balance it out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed also uh, you bring up movies. I noticed just cause I'm a big horror movie fan. So that was yeah. another thing I saw in the bio that you put in there that that's something that kind of influences a little bit of music. Is there, um, are there any of your songs that you kind of you reference that you use kind of the the imagery of vampires also in one of yeah. in the in one of your other songs? Um, is there is there some of these songs that there's more overt like influence of horror movies or references or anything like that? And or just in general, like what are some some of your favorites? I would just like to know. In, in oh yeah, no, 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 right, right, no, no. Um, well, so there's nothing super like obvious as far as like songwriting goes yet. Like Go the Ghost is probably the closest. Mm-hmm. There will definitely be more in the future. Um, but I know, like, an example of, like, a, a movie – well, actually, a show that, like, all of us in the band were super into when it came out was uh, Midnight Mass. Yeah, I love that. I love so that the miniseries on Netflix, right? I yes, love yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so My, good, so good. Mike Flanagan is one of my favorite, um, like, creators, yeah. period. He's, he's yeah. absolutely amazing. That, um, that show threw me for a ride because yeah, I was same. not expect you know, with how much of a slow burn it was. And I, I watched it late. Like I hadn't really heard much about it and I just kind of threw right. it on um, and just binged it. And it was mm-hmm. like, you know, there's the slow burn and all of a sudden, you know, spoiler alert, if anybody hasn't seen it, you should watch it. But like, um, where mm-hmm. he just goes out, I don't remember all the characters names, but he goes out on the boat with the longtime like a strange lover he has. And he's yes, talking yeah, yeah, to her. Yeah. The sun comes up. I guess I won't spoil it here for everybody, but just watch it. And, and I just like blew my mind. It's, I was like, Oh yeah, yeah, shit. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, I, yeah, no, no, no. It, that show is so good. And, and it's definitely, and it's, it's the way my planning and stuff is in general. I'm a huge fan. Like the haunting of Hill house is another one of my favorite like, oh, pieces yeah. of media. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I really love the way he tackles like horror, but he like adds a lot of, um, like, a lot of emotional weight and a lot of emotional mm. depth to it that you don't typically see in a, a horror film or a horror media in general. I think it, it makes his stuff unique. Yeah. Um, and I'm super into that. And it, like, I know me and my bandmates were super into both of those shows. Um, but like, as far as it, it's tough, cause I'm a huge horror fan in general, probably everyone in the fan, is, everyone in the band is, but like, I'm probably me and Kit are a keyboardist we're probably the biggest as far as like all over the map, you know? Cause like, I, there's a couple members who like will fall into like, well, they like this type of horror, but not so much this, right. but like, I'll enjoy stuff like, like uh, midnight mass and uh, haunting a full house, but I'll also enjoy something like terrifier because it's just like over so the top fucked. insane. Just <laughs> yeah. fuck. Yeah. yeah. Cause I, I watched the second one the other day for the first time finally. And like, 
there were moments where my mouth just dropped and I haven't had that happen in a long time. Yeah. So. yeah. It's, it's definitely, they went for it, man. Like oh, for you know, sure. it's, it's, it's not a, it's not like, like the terrifier ones aren't exactly like my forte, but the, like right. when I first saw the, the first one as an example, like I was just like, what the fuck am I watching? And then, and then the second one is just completely outrageous. They're, you know? They, yes. They're not for everyone for sure. Like they, that you have to like really enjoy schlock and like mm-hmm. just the just pushing the envelope because they're not really scary per se, but they're also but also like scary is subjective, right? Like it doesn't. Right. But like they're just, I find it interesting, and I also find like the character, like the character design of Art the Clown and stuff, very like fun and like over the top. But yeah, I'm super yeah. into stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, God, I could go on. <laughs> all day about like horror i'm here for like it that. i'm here for it but you know yeah. well, it's like you know you say that, yeah this is another interesting thing about horror, and you know i i just ask because you know there are so many bands especially in metal and heavier music that you know they pull from these things because it's such an eclectic i don't know there's something about horror movies that for me the reason why it's like my favorite genre is in the same way i think heavier music pulls people in is there's such like this um there's a feeling you get from it that you might not get from other forms yeah. of the same kind of art, right? Like, I don't like some of my favorites are what I think some people don't like them. Some people do, just like you said, but like Midsummer or Hereditary, like those kind of movies. Where I like, love those. Yeah, they're, they're like, some of my favorites. Yeah. Like the like you said with Midnight Mass, there's like this emotional aspect to it, and there's like this dread you get from them. Like you said, uh, Mike yeah. Flanagan's one of your favorites. Ari Aster is like one of my all time favorite. Oh, I get people. yeah. You know, same, and, same. and and it's like, you know, I look for that dread where some other people in horror, like you said, with Terrifier, the second Terrifier movie, they're into like the graphic, you know, yes. shock value yes. gore. And like, I get it's, it from all sides, man. Yeah, I understand yeah. it, you know. It's so yeah. funny because like, yeah, because I mean, horror like has so many um, subgenres and like there's kind of something for everyone. And yeah. I'm just I'm just one of those people who like, I don't think there's a type of horror film that I'm not into. I'm, I'm very much all Same. over the map like you said like with Ari Aster like I hereditary when I, I saw that in theaters when it first came out and that movie like fucked me up that movie like really got under my skin um and I loved that uh Midsummer was also fantastic uh yeah like definitely I I, and I but I know like they're super divisive horror is a weird like genre it's super divisive as, as well as like people because people who there's people who just really love um traditional like schlocky 80s horror like stuff like terrifier and pushing the envelope and that's cool mm-hmm. but like there's a lot of the t- case where people will love that but then they'll be still but they hate like hereditary and stuff like that uh-huh. because they think it's like up its own ass sort of thing yep <laughs> which i get it i enjoy I, yeah, it totally though, but i yeah, get yeah. it um it's just very funny the way people are like super divided on that <laughs> yeah it's it kind of to bring it back to music a bit yeah, like yeah. it's it's kind of like um al- the alternative or heavy music scene sometimes right we're like there's people like you or me where you probably have a pretty eclectic taste of like right. generally what that music is whether it's emo hardcore post-hardcore metal whatever right <clears throat> right, right um right. but then you've got people that like it's got to be progressive technical death metal whatever and anything else right. isn't real metal or you know it's... god forbid you bring up new metal right <laughs> Right, know, right. No. Um, yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of crossover in those kind of subgenre feuds, yeah. right? That's funny. Yeah, no, it, it's also funny pretending to music and stuff like that. It's funny being in a band and having to like talk to people about your band because like it comes up and say it's someone, say it's like a coworker, or, like someone who 
who doesn't typically listen to music that like you play clearly it's so hard to tell them what kind of music i do because like i like i have to like really grasp at straws <laughs> to get them to yeah. understand because somebody asked yeah. me the other day and i was like um and they were like a little not not like old, but like older than me by like 10, 15 years. And like, they're asking about it. And I was like, oh, well, do you know My Chemical Romance? And they were like, no. And I was like, okay, do you know Green Day? <laughs> and they were like, yeah. And I was like, kind of like that. <laughs> Green Day, goth, I don't know. Yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's it, bizarre, yeah. It reminds me of, um, I'm a big uh, Stray from the Path fan. Same, same. So, no, like, Stray, uh, Stray is sick. Yes, yeah, so so good. I remember. I, I think it might have been Craig Reynolds who has his own podcast, but but um, uh, he mentioned something about like when he's talking to people, he's like, "Have you heard of Metallica?" And they're like, "Yeah." And then they don't know anything lower than that in metal. He's like, "Well, I guess we're like a faster Metallica." I don't know. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, yeah, no, 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 like no, there's, exactly. There's nothing further from the truth on how that band sounds, right? right? Like so, but it's just like I, what yeah. you got to do. It's so funny. I don't. It's I don't. so it, it's it's the it's the curse of being in like a like alternative like quote unquote underground like kind of band because mm. like yeah the average like listener is gonna have no clue <laughs> what you're talking about. So yeah, well, you have to find it. It's even funnier because like you know you just reference My Chemical Romance like to you or I that seems like and. To be fair, they were at one point and probably still are in some circles, right? Like, I think of that as being one of the biggest bands in the world, right? But then you can talk to somebody from a generation later or two generations and they're like, I don't think I know what that is. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's bizarre. Because, like, my Kim, to me, at least least from what I'm seeing, and obviously, like, I'm a huge fan, so my view might be, like, skewed a little bit. I might be too close to the the fandom or whatever to, like, see it. But I think of that era of bands, they're probably at the top. Cause I feel like they're like our generation's version of like bands like Queen and Led Zeppelin and ACDC and all that kind of stuff. Like, and I say that because the love they, they're bigger now than they ever have been arguably. Mm-hmm. And I, I saw them for the first time last year. Mm-hmm. Um, it was absolutely amazing, but it was really cool to see like, all like the people of all ages were there like and and there for the band like because there were people in their like 50s there were people who were like 13 you know right. and it's it's really cool to see a band that really uh, they released like you know a new song last year but hasn't been active for over 10 years still like getting new young fans and older fans and it's really like that's super rare like right. i really don't it's 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 really cool to see that but yeah that's yeah it is it is it is just it's it's a funny realization sometimes of like just how separated people are when it comes to music taste and what's big what isn't big right. and everything else cuz it it is like like you said like you're, it's funny you're the second second or third person that's made the connection between like my chem um and like more legendary what people would view as classic rock bands because yeah, yeah. i mean i think they do kind of have they will end up being one of those bands that has that impact whether people like them or not it's just uh, well, yeah. going to be like I mean, one of those bands that has a found you know i there yeah i i agree with yeah, i think it's because they are super accessible while not while never like straying away from who they are or their own like real sound that they're making because well, that's like a right. hard 
thing to balance. Absolutely. You bring up that, <clears throat> that song they put out last year. Like they didn't come yeah. out of the gate with some like super no. polished, no, 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 no. you know, hooky song. It was yeah, yeah, like yeah. arguably one of the most like out there songs they'd ever made. <laughs> you know? oh, for sure. For sure. Like, first of all, it was like six minutes. Yeah. Which is, yeah. which is a no, no nowadays. Right. Um, and it was, the production was super raw. It literally felt like they took, <laughs> it fit, to me, it like felt like they took a deep cut from like the Black Parade, but crossed it with their first record in a lot of ways. Right. Because it, right. it was very interesting. They did the complete opposite of what people would expect them to do, which I think as a band, they just sort of do that, which is really cool. Right. I respect that a lot. Definitely, definitely. Um, so getting, you know, being that they're one of your biggest influences, as you stated, you know, you you all listed a few other bands with that sort of vein um, of kind yeah. of the emo um, alternative rock music that came out in the mid 2000s, right. taking back Sunday, the used a um, few others uh, kind of take me back a little bit, um, you know, cause obviously I, I, I don't know much of your own story. Get, tell right. me what got you first into music yeah. like this at a young age and what got you first uh, starting to write and, and make your own music. So, yeah, I, I always like loved music growing up, but like when I first started to get really into alternative and like underground type bands and even like just rock bands in general, uh, I was in middle school. It was probably like seventh, eighth grade. Uh, I, the first bands I remember getting really into were like Green Day and Blink-182. Um, I was obsessed with them. I was like a seventh, eighth grader. And then that's when I found My Chem. And that pretty much just like, that is what, like, my camp is very much the band that, like, got me going, oh, I think I want to do this, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but after that, in the years in the years after, I got into, like, more eclectic type stuff. Like, it was, I was probably, like, 15, 16 when I went to my first show, like, which is later than most, but also earlier than, mm-hmm. so, like, but it's, yeah. like, the, I feel like it's, like, the, perfect time where you start going to shows and like really getting involved and stuff like that because i think the first concert i went to was it was chiotos and silverstein co-headlining with a skylight drive alisana and escape the fate what a show i know (laughs) i know it it also shows you how like at that time i think that was 2008 2009 it was one or the other and that was at it was like a pretty big venue and it was like sold out like it shows at that time like that was like probably Chiodo's peak popularity and like Silverstein as well. And like, those are two of my favorite bands of all time. Like really that whole lineup was like, after seeing that live with a friend of mine, I, it just sent me like down a rabbit hole, hole of like that entire genre and like the whole emo post hardcore, like scene tour sort of stuff. Went to Warp Tour every year, like after that until mm-hmm. it ceased to exist. Right. Um, yeah. So <clears throat> that was like a big thing. Uh, as far as writing, music and stuff like that. I dabbled in it around that same time when I was like 15, 16 and throughout high school. Kit, who I mentioned earlier, we went to high school together. We've been friends since I was 15, 16. Um, So we've known each other for like, God, almost, almost 15 years, I think something like that. And so we're very close and one of my best friends in the world. And we always wrote together and would sing together. so they were a big part of my like growth as a writer and all that kind of stuff. I I didn't even start like putting music out until I was twenty like twenty five, twenty four. 
like that was my first band. It was called The Keepsake. Um, that was the first band where I actually was like, because to be honest, I fell off for a few years before yeah. then. Like in my early 20s, I sort of gave up, quote unquote. Like I was just like, you know, focused on like working and stuff. And I just, I, you know, I just didn't think it was in the cards. But something shifted. I met people in like the music scene and made friends again. And I started like, I don't know, I just got, felt like passionate about it again. And ever since, I've just been, you know, going for it. <laughs> yeah absolutely so yeah. so kind of you know i think pretty pretty conventional um yeah. uh pretty typical i should say pretty typical route for a lot of us right i was i was similar boat as well when it came to music and all those kinds of things where you know you just find the first band that really gets you going like i really want to do this myself right yeah. um yeah. so so you you say you're you're kind of doing your first band really 24 25 a few years back right um yeah. And so when did, when did, I know that sister sleep, it looks like started maybe it says 2020. Was that like a COVID project that started? Was that pre COVID when it started? Yeah, kind of. So the gap between the keepsake and sister sleep, it's, they're very connected, but they're very different. So around 2020, the keepsake was like the pandemic happened. We like in the keepsake, we, we played a show with a red jumpsuit apparatus um, which was really, yeah, it was great. It was sold out, really fun. Uh, but literally, this was like a week or so before everything started shutting down. And so that happened. And I lived with most of my bandmates at the time. And I lived with uh, even more of them now. Like, there's only one person in the band who doesn't live with me right now. Um, yeah, that, it definitely makes things uh, honestly a lot better. Like, we're all really good friends. So that works out. <laughs> Yeah, but, uh, yeah, that does yeah, work yeah. out really well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we were, yeah, in lockdown, and we were trying to figure out what we wanted to do, you know, with the future of the band. And it was, you know, very bleak, and everything was obviously in a very up in the air. Like we didn't know what was going to happen, like with the future of every, of everything. So we were writing as much as we could remotely. Cause we had some members who didn't live with us and some who did and we were trying to, but it was hard. It was hard to stay, um, you know, on top of that when your mind is elsewhere, <laughs> but yeah. we, we, we got to a certain point where we started talking about it and we realized that we kind of wanted with the, the direction, the songs we were writing were going, we were like, you know, why don't we just start something fresh was the conversation. Something a little more um, focused, a little more like, a little more like in a vein of, oh, okay, this is what we want to do and go after it. While the keepsake was more of just a, oh, we're just writing music, you know? Right. Um, while Sister Sleep has a, has a much more specific aesthetic and a much more like defined, like, this is what we want to say. This is what we want to write. This is, the, this is the music we're trying to create. So it was a lot more big picture thinking, right. I guess. Yeah. And yeah, it just worked out. Um, one of our, so basically the lineup of Sister, of, of the keepsake most of that band is in Sister Sleep. Okay. Um, it, it's like me, our guitarist James, um, bassist Chase, and Kit on keyboards. Uh, we had another guitarist, but he's actually in the band Glimmers now. Okay. I don't know if you've heard of them. They're like a pop punk band. They're great. I'll check them out though. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're fantastic. They're uh, their singer Maggie uh, Maggie Schneider. She's absolutely amazing, and they're just a great band. If you're into like the sort of like poppier side of alternative pop punk kind of stuff yeah yeah, yeah fantastic. um but yeah so we just 
we had a more direct vision, started writing, and that's what came with that, basically. So 2020 was very much the year that, like, started forming things when we put our first music out last year. Yeah? Yeah, we've yeah, just been writing say, stuff ever since. <clears throat> for, I, I know for, for really starting in 2020, and then, you know, I've seen some of the live shows you've gotten to do, which seems like you've been able to open for some pretty – uh pretty cool bands as well yeah. um so so for starting you know that's only really you know at, at best three years you know or i mean at, at longest three years of being a band right um yeah it's putting it, out it's one of those yeah go ahead sorry okay. um no i was just i was gonna say like yeah i mean it, it gets weird because it's sometimes i need to like remember we haven't been in a band that long, like, and even less, even less than that, when you consider like we've been publicly a band because we didn't go lot, we didn't like, we announced the band a little over a year ago. That that's so that's yeah so that, so that that really contextualizes more because we were starting the band in 2020 2021, but we didn't come out publicly as a band until last year because our first song Coffin Karma came out in last May I think it was like last year and um from then we were we were just going and we got super lucky our our first show we played was last october and it was with the funeral portrait and versus me and it was just it, it was great fantastic show our first like local kind of like headliner like our first like show that we put together ourselves was last december and it sold out like the room it was like a hundred around like a hundred plus a hundred plus people like not you know not not too bad at all so like, just starting out <laughs> yeah it was awesome yeah 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 We we have not. We're about to. We're opening for them in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. We're opening for them in August, actually, and I'm 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 super pumped about that because, like I said earlier, like the, in high school they were they were on that list of bands that I was super into. I I think I've seen them live, just about more than any other band. Like I, I've it's like up there with Silverstein because Silverstein I've seen more than any band. Um, but yeah, Alice and I've seen so many times and the fact that we got the email to open for the Atlanta show was surreal. It's really cool. I, I'm, I'm pumped about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It's we, yes and no. Uh, we, we try different ways of doing it because like it just varies on the song because sometimes like we have like a whole like Dropbox like folder of ideas. So basically somebody will upload something as simple as like, oh, this is a guitar riff or this is like a piano piece that I'm working on. And then from there, we'll sort of 
like go through and decide like, okay, what do we want to work on? And then we take that and build on top of it. Um, the other, like actually the other, like a week or two ago, we start, we did for the first time, like tried to write a song with just the band in the room. And it was really cool. It was really fun to do that again. Cause we haven't been able to do that for so long. Um, but yeah, the, where it was just, Hey, somebody start like playing something. And then we just sort of hit the ground running and go there. But yeah, no, like modern, like music stuff. No one, like no one writes like that anymore <laughs> for the most part. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's so weird to think about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that has to be it. No, yeah, it has to be such a strange, a strange transition for bands like that. I, I haven't even thought about that. That, that has to be really weird because for us, it's like, yes, but we're we're sort of like existing during the transitional phase, so it's kind of whatever. But yeah, for bands who have been doing it for like 20, 30 years to like transition has to be very interesting, <laughs> you know? <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's – honestly, talking to you makes me remember the fact that one of my worst traits is I um, I, I put the cart before the horse a lot. So I was just – it makes me it makes me go, oh, yeah, that actually is a lot of stuff to be doing because I'm constantly, like, looking forward and being like, oh, we got to do this. We got to stay, stay on top of stuff and do this. But, like, yeah, it makes me appreciate the fact that we've done a good bit in this short amount of time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, that's that's for sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What? Yeah, one hundred percent. Um. So yeah, I can say we definitely have more music. coming very soon um i would say the fall is what it's looking like maybe a little sooner than that but yeah if you follow us you'll definitely be getting morning music um we could we do we, we have been working on another release so um that's ready to go <laughs> and, I, and i'm very excited to get it out there because like it, it's interesting too because i mentioned it earlier in the conversation like our music it pulls from so many different things. So I'm interested to see how the next song we release, I'm interested to see how people respond because I'll, I'll say as much that it's very different from uh, the arsonist, for example, even though like I love that song and it's probably my personal favorite and like playing it live, which we discovered last night because it was the first time it's the energy is so great. It's, 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 it's perfect. It's definitely gonna be a staple for us. We enjoy that. The next one is very different from that. Um, And I, I hope people 
are into it. Like I, I think I think they will be because I'm super proud of it. Um, but yeah, the collection of songs that we have coming is I'm excited for people to hear because it all if you like the first EP, I think you'll like this one as well because to me it feels like a fitting part two of that in a way, um, and sort of like expands upon even more the sounds that we've already been like attempting and tackling. So there's definitely new music coming. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Right. Oh my god, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a second to, cause I, I'm also not gonna I'm also not gonna overthink it because like I, I've learned with questions like these. Yeah, cause like with questions like these, it's like if I overthink it, that that's silly. Um, <laughs> but let's see. Um, I think. I would go with, damn, this is hard. I know, I know. <laughs> this is really difficult. I, I'm, I'm, okay, okay. So, guitar, two guitarists. I'm going to go with uh, Frank from MCR mm -hmm. and Ellis Dunes and stuff like that. And I'm also going to go with, um, who was it? Looks slipped my mind. Um... Uh, I had an idea. I, I'm gonna skip over the second guitarist for now. Okay. I, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go with uh, Dan from Alkaline Trio on bass. Fantastic pick. Because, my, one of my favorite bass players of all time. Yeah. Yeah, Alkaline Trio is one of my favorite bands. Awesome. Um, they're awesome. they're fantastic. And I was also doing a toss up because I love I love Skiba as well as like a guitarist. And that was a consideration, but I was like, yeah. I can't have Dan and Matt in a band. And I feel like you could. <laughs> I, I I mean I could. But then, then you have me, and then it's just we would just be playing trio songs, and I'd be yeah, right, 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 which is fine. But like, <laughs> um, so keyboard Jordan Fish from Bring Me. Oh, super good pick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, drums, just because I can't, I can't. God, the name is I'm terrible with names. But, uh, you can August say Prince the drummer Red, from yeah, August Prince Red's drummer. I can't because. <laughs> Oh, but he's um, absolutely Matt, right. is that Matt, Matt, Matt Griner? Matt, yeah, Matt yeah, Griner, yeah, yeah. yeah. See, that's exactly what I thought it was, and I was like, I don't want to say this with my yeah, chest yeah. and be wrong. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so yeah, because he's just as far as like a metal metal drummer, he's just he's up, he's like peak. He's always been he's, just, and he, he's like inhuman with what he can do and how tight he is. Like I, yeah. I, I, I swore when I saw them last time, which was. 
pre, pre uh, 2019, I think I saw them with Silverstein and Silent Planet actually. Yeah. And, and I, I swore, I was like, this guy has to be like, somebody has to be like gritting this. He's and I was mach- like, no, he's yeah. just that good. You he's, know? Yeah. Ever since I, like, I've, I've seen them a few times growing up and like, they're just unreal. They're, they're just abs like as a band, they're just like, mm-hmm. their sound is just absolutely massive. And they're so absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah, just a staple band. You, they, they are just sure. so impressive live. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. For the second guitarist, I'm actually going to go with uh, Paul Mark from uh, Silverstein. Yeah. Um, because he, he's such an underrated guitarist in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. he's so sick, and like ever since they added him to the band, and that that was almost like about ten years ago now. But like, I feel like. As a huge Silverstein fan, I feel like he did so much, like of like reviving the band and like giving them, like they were already an amazing band, obviously. But like, I think he adds like a really interesting layer and dynamic, especially the type of parts that he plays. Yes, and the, they're very interesting. They're never like too like like crazy, but they're they're interesting. And I think that's even more important. Yeah, um, I agree. But yeah, so I think, yeah, I think that's I think that's it. Yeah, he's a right? <laughs> he's an interesting one too because there's there's like some old Silverstein, you know, when I say old, not necessarily old in age, but just like OG Silverstein fans that yeah. really do hang on to those like pre Hallmark records as being yes. their best. And I yes. I I love almost every record from them with a few <laughs> holdouts, right? For me, yeah, for me like they I always I think they are the most consistent band in post hardcore. Yeah. I think that their worst record is still a really good record. In yeah, my opinion. I, yeah, correct. Yeah. yeah, and and they just re they in my mind it was uh, their third record that was maybe the, my least favorite, and they just hey. remixed it. They just and it's so it, sick, and it's so much better. It's, it's so, so good, good yeah. you know. So it Agreed. really was just like <clears throat> yeah. I know that like Shane uh, has talked about you multiple times. That was his least favorite record too, and like the band in general. Because yeah. I, I I'm not I don't want to like put words in his mouth, but like from what I've heard him say, like it was just the recording process wasn't great, and like just a lot of stuff that made it not go well. But yeah, the new versions sound great because there's some great songs on that record. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think that I think the nostalgia gets people sometimes because I think their old stuff is fantastic. But I would argue like the record. I'm having a mo- I'm having a moment. It's the record they can't put out with a couple of years ago. Um, talking about um, I, uh, uh, a beautiful place to drown. Is that the one you're talking about? It's not. The even one. though that, that record is great. Dead um, reflection. Dead reflection. Dead reflection That's, is like in my. It's my top... favorite record. Okay, thank you. Oh my god, yeah, because like it's it's like it's in my top two, because it's like I think it's the top two for me is dead reflection and just how the wind shifts. Yeah. Um, yeah. with third probably being uh, discovering the waterfront probably. Right, right. Because because I discovering the waterfront was like you know obviously like it's one of the best albums to come out like of that time and it's an amazing record. But I feel like they just keep they keep expanding their sound. They keep making yeah. just banger after banger. They're just they're a fucking fantastic band. They're also like on my list of bands that if I could ever play with, I would feel so like oh yeah yeah like I, I that that's like one of my dream bands to play with for sure because. At- absolutely well yeah Yeah. i agreed and 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 you know to to go back to and i'll then i'll re i'll make sure i rehash all the the picks you've done here as well but okay not to talk about them too much but you know like paul Paul mark like one of their it's funny like one of their bonus tracks on uh this how the wind shifts um i will illuminate 
he has this like yeah. shreddy tappy guitar riff. Yeah, it, it's, I think about favorite. it a lot. Same, uh, same. Yeah, yeah. It's so sick. Um, and I get why they didn't put it on the record because it was a concept same. record and all that. But like, but it, 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 there's something about it when I heard that, and then I saw them play it live once, and then you know they've got some of these other songs that he does all these tapping things on and everything he's else. So it's like, good. Yeah, dude's super underrated. He's, um, he's a, yeah, he's an amazing guitarist. He's a great vocalist. Uh huh. Like, yeah, he's he's super underrated. Yeah, um, absolutely. One hundred percent. Would be a great would be a great harmony and secondary vocalist in this band along with Dan, right? So exactly. So got, no, exactly. got a lot of voices going on in this one. You yes. picked it well. So so to rehab. I love harmonies. Got, yeah. <laughs> and we got Frank we got Frank too, right? So you got you got yeah. Frank from from MCR, LS Dunes and his own solo yeah. stuff. You've got Dan Andriano from all of his various projects and Alkaline Trio. You've got yeah. Matt Greiner from August Burns Red. We've got on keyboards Jordan Fish from Bring Me the Horizon. Hell of a pick. Talk about another guy that does vocals as well. Oh yeah, um, and samples and, then, and like keyboard. Like, yeah. Oh, uh, just, yeah, yeah. just he made he made that band become so much better when he joined as well. I uh, and then, yes. And then we got Paul Mark on probably lead guitar and all that kind of stuff. So hell of a band. I would be super yeah. interested to see what music that band Same. put together. Yeah. Same. You can do, like, uh, yeah, yeah. You could do four part harmonies if you really wanted to on some parts, yeah, you know, yeah. like no, really, yeah, really for sure. go for it. Um, I, I, I very much also was trying to choose, like, I was trying to pull from all like my different influences yeah. and the kind of music I'm into while also like putting some together together that wouldn't make sense, but also could yeah. if you did it right. So yeah, yeah, yeah that, absolutely. That feels good. I, I feel good about those choices. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was one of the, <laughs> I've done this a lot with a, with like the last probably 10 episodes or so I've done yeah. this show. And that was one of the more cohesive ones. Cause some people just really throw some stuff at the wall and it's awesome I mean, either way. Yeah. Right. So it's yeah, 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 no, it's great either way. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so again, thanks so much for doing this. Uh, I, I really yeah. appreciate it. Um, as a reminder for everybody, I'll say it again, make sure to check out the, the EP and especially uh, from my own perspective, the latest song, uh, The Arsonist on Spotify, all streaming platforms, all that kind of stuff. Um, can you just kind of plug, just so I don't get them incorrect, where people can find the band on yeah. on different socials? And if there's anything yeah, else you want to plug live show-wise or anything else uh, on, the, on the show? Yeah, no, of course. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, anywhere really at Sister Sleep Band. Uh, you can find me at Barry X Sleep on Instagram, Twitter, like you can even follow me on Facebook, Barry Shelton. Uh, yeah, keep up with all we're doing. We've got a lot of music ready to come out. Um, yeah, I mean, looking forward to really getting out there and start playing more shows this year. We definitely have some dates we're working on for the fall as well in the Southeast. So I'm super excited about those. Uh, yeah, I mean, just take care of each other. Uh, like my shirt says, protect trans kids. 100%. And, yeah, love each awesome. other. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Again, thanks so much for doing this. And I always, no, one last thing, I always play a song at the end of this. We could do something from the EP. We could do, um, we could do your latest single. What would you want to put on for people to listen to at the end of this? Yeah, might as well. Yeah, let's just go with the arsonist. Yeah, especially because okay. it's you know the most recent single makes sense to me. <laughs> Sound sounds great. Um, so at the end of this, anyone listening, you can check out uh, the Arsonist from Sister Sleep, and make sure to follow them on socials and see what's coming next. Thanks a lot for doing this, Barry. Really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. See you around.